Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so excited today to be joined by Craig Robinson to talk all about his latest TV series, Killing It. And, you know, one of the things that I love in watching you in all the different shows that you do is that you always find what the specific of your comedic element needs to be for that show. And so what were the real specific comedic beats that you felt were important to your character and important to bring into the story for a show like this? It's always about uh, listening, listening to your, your partner, your acting, whoever you're seeing with, and uh, listening and reacting. My, and my, my beats are, are, I'm always deadpan. You know, it's, you play it serious and let the funny come out of that. So it's, uh, it's everything is played like, you know, this is all happening, this is all real. And then uh, in between, you know, Dan and Luke writing and, and the writing staff and, and it, it, bring, it all comes together. Yeah, and in terms of scene partners, you have so many great two-handers with Claudia O'Doherty, who plays Jillian in the series. And does it help when you spend that much time having two-hander scenes to really be able to build up that foundation of, of trust, especially when it comes to the improv element and playing around with some of it? Oh, it absolutely helps. It just, you know, continues to build. But um, Claudia, from, you know, from the word go, like she auditioned over Zoom and it was, we were, you know, laughing, crying, uh, crying, laughing. <laughs> um, so, so we knew, you know, that she was going to come in and do her thing. Her, her timing, her, the way she, uh, she plays and, uh, it's impeccable. She knows, like, she, she knows exactly who she is on the field at all times. And what's really fun about the dynamic between these two characters is that they come into the show essentially as strangers to one another. And then her character is incredibly relentless in trying to become friends with Craig and, and kind of gradually breaks him down, but also because there's a lot of heart for her. And so for you, what were kind of the main beats where you felt like, okay, he's starting to soften up, he's starting to warm to her, now he genuinely really cares about her as that dynamic evolves? Well, it did evolve. And, um, you know, there were certain things that she did throughout the the, the series that kind of that let you know that this is a genuinely good person. You know, she has some hard times and 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 she sees everything through rose-colored glasses. And so he almost, you know, sees her like a a, a little sister that he has to take care of uh, in a way. But he definitely sees the good in her. And uh, even though she can be, you know, annoying. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk a little bit as well about the, the family dynamic for him. We get to see that dynamic with his brother, but also through having a couple of flashback moments, we get to see a little bit of what his dynamic with his dad was, how that gives him so much drive. And was that an incredibly helpful tool when you looked at the scripts to see, okay, I've got the elements of where he came from, his childhood, who his dad was, the importance of that, but also the fact that the opening also goes a few years forward as well. So you really get to kind of go, okay, the A to B, and now we're really exploring the meat of, of the B and that journey to those spaces. Yeah, yeah. With the dealing with the past is, is you can't raise the stakes any higher than what he has to uh, contend with every day, you know, that's uh, working on him to succeed. So that, that's exactly right. You go back and, and you see that and you and it and it forces him and drives him all the time. Yeah. And the, the creative team have talked about how with this show, they wanted to explore that that kind of 
quasi kind of obsessive relationship that America can have at times with entrepreneurship, with wealth, and and the, even the time at which we're seeing your character in 2016, that was obviously a huge part of cultural conversation as well. And um, what were some of the ways in which that influenced your character and the exploration of those themes? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Was it more just about it coming from that personal space, coming from, from his childhood and his dad? Oh yeah, exactly. He's he he. If you saw in the in the first scene where his uh, his father's like, you know, I'm proud of you, Craig. That really, you know, he that really like like he held on to that. He he held on to everything his father ever told him. So that's what what keeps him going. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the show obviously has a lot of snakes in it, as we've seen in the first few episodes. And that was a mix of, of CGI, but also real snakes. And so when we have a moment like the scene where he's in the back of the car, he realizes the snake's still alive. There's so many great comedic elements, but there's also a lot of logistical elements to a scene like that. And so what were the intricacies of, of a scene like that coming together? Um, well, you, you had to... Uh, they... they fixed the snake it was like three different snakes you worked with you know one was kind of just there uh and he's you know not real should i say that should, should i tell the people but <laughs> it's um, out there now <laughs> but um then, then you worked with one and then, then they, they they did the cgi for one but then there was one that was mechanical and was fighting with me um so there was that so but when i first shot it outside because uh, we later moved to the stage for the same scene. But, uh, you know, you're just working with uh, with nothing there, with a, a fake snake. So it was all, it was all trying to figure out how to, how to be uh, that terrified of it. Yeah. And it's, it's great because there's so many moments of comedy where it just keeps building upon the moment. So being in the back of an Uber with a stranger that gets out, he doesn't know what she's doing. Then he's in the back of the car with a snake himself. Then there's the comedy of realizing it's alive and then his battle. Do you find that kind of there's a real playfulness that you're able to have on set to always go, OK, well, what's what's the other funny thing that we could add to this moment? Yes, absolutely. And, and Mo Marable directed that one. So it was like. He, Mo would just, you know, be like, forget everything. Chaos. Give me chaos. Forget the lines. Forget that's not. And then, and then, and then we would go for it. So that's, that's how that came about. But uh, it was more about, you know, because you want to have that fun. You want to have that fear, but you do want to still make it playful. You know? Yeah. And in kind of going back a little bit to when you were first shaping Craig as a character for the show, um, what are kind of the, the key components of, of how you shape a character, how you develop them, how you tend to work with scripts, and what were the particulars of, of this character in this show? I go with the script and, uh, you know, try to mine it. Well, one thing I try to do is uh, mine the scene, mine every line, because the worst thing is when you leave set and you're like, ah, oh, I should have said this, or, you know, I should have said it like that. So uh, it's it's important to me to to mine it, okay. Even okay, this is it's one word. You know, it's a pause there. You know, just mine it for all for all I can. Um, this Craig Foster is, uh, you know, he's he's a bit down on his luck, but he he does not see, and that's another thing he has in in in, in common with with uh, Jillian. Jillian. Uh, 
they don't see failure, you know. They they always see a a, a better day ahead. So um, he's he does get frustrated. He does, but he doesn't give up. Yeah, I mean, it says a lot about him as a character that you know he he's pushing to go get a bank loan, but also there's an opportunity to start his business if he goes out and starts killing snakes. And that to me says that he's an incredibly driven person, kind of no matter what. Was that very much the viewpoint that you wanted to create in him as a character? Yeah, he he, and if you see, you know, his uh, his his ex wife is like, well, what about this? What about this? This was your dream too, and he's like, hey, it's all the same dream. Yeah, it's all. He he sees himself, um, making it. He sees himself doing something with his life, and, and he don't want to go out like his father did. Yeah. So do you think for him it's more about the dream is the success versus specifically what he's doing? Because to your point, Absolutely. he is pursuing so many things. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He's definitely, he just knows to make it. He doesn't know how he's going to make it. He just knows he's going to make it. <laughs> I mean, you, you're bringing up as well the dynamic with his ex-wife, which is really great to see because we get to see them at the beginning kind of being very antagonistic towards each other. But then we see a playfulness and we see a lot of love and empathy that still exists between them. How did you view the richness of their relationship and all the different dynamics that exist from this partnership that existed, even though they're not together anymore? They're still co-parenting. He's he's still in love with her. You know, he's still got got a so that's how I saw him. So him he's still, you know, he's okay, you got your new boyfriend or whatever, but we'll we'll get past this. This is a rough patch. So uh so that's that's how I play it, you know, respectfully. Um and then, you know, his daughter is everything to him. So uh he he loves the family and things didn't work out, but it's just a rough patch. Yeah. There's also one of the scenes I enjoyed was when he's fails to bring the car back to his ex-wife and he's like, why aren't you angry with me? You should be really angry right now. And it actually feels like that's a projection that he's angry with himself for not succeeding in what he was trying to do. And what are some of the moments that you found where he's really projecting his inner voice through conversations with other characters? That was a tough scene to do because, you know, it's, it's, it's not something I would say you know, in real life, like, it, 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 and so it, it was very, it made me very vulnerable to like, you know, and, it, and I was, so was, I'm glad you brought it up because it, it did, it was, it was like, of all the scenes, that one, that one had me like, why, why is he saying this? Why is he, you know, so it, it, it was a moment. And, uh, and I was like, oh, do people really, you know, react this way? Why, why is he telling her she should be mad at him? It reminds me of uh, one time I had um, my car was going to get repossessed. And my father is like this, like, you know, hard nose, you know, my way on the highway, you know, like all grow, growing up. So we, we had rules. And, and so I had to call my father and ask him for money. So I'm like, oh, I'm dreading. I'm like, oh, God, please. Daddy, they're going to tell my car. Blah, 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 blah. And he was like, okay, yeah, I see that to you. Hey, look, I had, a, I had a joke I was thinking that you could use. And I was bawling on the other end. I was like, who? But I wasn't. I knew he should. I was thinking. I thought he was going to be mad. I was thinking you should be mad at me, but, but he wasn't. So it's not something that I would, you know. Hey, you should be mad at me. So that that was just I was vulnerable and confused on that part. Interesting that you 
brought that out. Right. Sometimes not having the emotion that you expect creates even more emotion mm. for the individual. I should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to talk about the episode where he goes to kind of one of those those business conferences that's selling the dream, but not necessarily delivering the dream as we see in so <laughs> right. many ways. But he does get to have that brief moment where he's bought out on stage and, and he's kind of being bought out as a prop for mm -hmm. one of the speakers. But it's a really sweet moment in talking about the dynamic of, of the character and moments where he's doing things and responding in ways that you obviously wouldn't. You know, he's coming out onto stage. He's never stood in front of a room of right. that many people. He's never been adulated mm -hmm. in that way. And so there's kind of a shyness to him and a quietness. And even when he starts to accept it and absorb it, it's not, yes, I'm here and I'm Craig. Um, you know, it's like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. I like this feeling. Um, and so how did you want to play that scene with all of those elements in mind of, of what the experience is for him as a character? When he stepped out on the stage, it was like, this, this is happening. We, we do, what am I, you know? And so he he did accept that he uh, he, he could see that, that he couldn't make it. You know, this, this is, he had been through so much just to, to be there and then to get to that stage point, he had to express that uh, to her. So he was like, uh, you know, a very, very much new to standing out in front of people, you know, and, and all, that many people, but very much like, okay, this is, uh, this was, this is, this is on the way to what I'm seeing. So he was, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was a nice moment. Yeah. I mean, when you just things go on, when you distill any character down, it's interesting because there's always the commonality of just each character wanting to be seen and acknowledged in their own way. And so for you, what are the ways in you feel like he really wants to be seen or some of the external acknowledgement like that, that really means a lot to him personally? He wants to make it. He, um, he wants his daughter, you know, to lift him up. I think, uh, later on, He's like, she says something, she kind of sticks up from here. You know, I never knew I needed that, but thanks, kid. Uh, he wants his brother to to do right. He wants his brother to live a, you know, clean life. And, and, and he doesn't let a chance go by to make it, let him know he's, you know, proud of him, nor does he let a chance go by to let him know, hey, this is stupid and I'm disappointed and we're done here. Uh, and he, you know, above all, he he wants to make his his father's life and death have meant something, you know, like we talked about earlier. That's that's his drive right there. So um, that's that's what it's all about. He, he doesn't want to fail. He doesn't want to. He knows if if you're a good person, you you, you do good, you, you do it the right way, you can succeed. You know, he believes it. Yeah. As a character in the show, what do you think he has to be able to achieve? What's the level of success for him that would make him feel like he'd made it as opposed to still striving for more and always wanting more? Um, good question. Uh, a million dollars a year? <laughs> Somewhere around there. Uh, something, something he wants to produce those damn... Uh, saw palmetto berries. So his success would be getting that built, getting that and making profit off that and keep that coming in. And 
he could show. He could show his brother, he could show his father, he could show his family. Uh, hey, I did it. But not, uh, that would that would be it at this point. It would be him getting started with that South Palmetto farm and making it making it happen. Yeah. And I mean, the way you talk about the success that he wants as well, do you see it as something that it's not just about success for himself, but it's success for the people around him as well? Um, well, just like I said, for, for those other reasons for him, wanted to make it for his brother, his father, his family, but, but he's, I think he is driven uh, uh, selfishly more. But he, you know, because he, He's the only one who really believes in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, him well, Jill- Jillian. Jillian believes in everything. Yeah. <laughs> She's a great character. And I mean, going back to, to the relationship with his brother a little bit more, there's that dynamic to their relationship with the fact that it is just the two of them and that they lost their father when they were really young. And, and so what's some of the, the dynamic that you saw in their relationship as a result of the fact that it's been the two of them against the world so much together? And it's still the same two kids. He, you got the, uh, Isaiah being bad all the time and, and Craig trying to be the good one um, until he realizes what he realizes. almost said a line. <laughs> but um, but he, he, you know, he's it's a very big brother, little brother. Is, uh, and, and Isaiah is always kind of tricking him, you know, trying to, you know, get him to do, get, get him on his page. And, and Craig never sees it till it's too late. So they're, you know, they're brothers, and, and but there's nobody in the world who could replace uh, uh, either one of them. And there's tremendous love there. And that's why we were able to, to uh, fight and come back like nothing happened. Um, but we, we get into some, some heavy fights in the show. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, going back to what you were talking about earlier about never wanting to leave set, feeling like, there's a line you wish you tried or a way that you wish you tried something. Was this show in particular a space where, you know, especially playing the lead role, where you really felt like you had the space to take that freedom, to try an old, to try a different line, to try a different direction? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of freedom, a lot of collaboration. Uh, and our directors, you know, they they got me there. It was like, hey, you know, uh, I was about to imitate one, but uh, they all would kind of, you know, walk you down the path of this is, you know, what it is. And so it was uh, a lot of collaboration. Yeah. What are some, are there any particular scenes that really stand out to you from remembering that space of of playing around with a scene and and finding something that really meshed it together and gelled from that freedom? There was a scene where we're in the uh, swamp. It was Isaiah myself and, and as, as, as far as this goes like I don't want to give stuff away or you know what I mean am I supposed to not talk about what, but um it was a scene where and this is really more about Isaiah because he went somewhere a real battle went somewhere like emotionally that he he was like man I only got like one more of these in me you know like it, it was it was deep and we had worked on it, you know, previous, like, we had a couple of days to uh, kind of get it together, um, just us. But it was, it would be those moments of, uh, if I called a rehearsal for the cast or if we had to do it over Zoom or over, even on the phone or whatever, you know, it was, that's where you find the freedom 
Because once you have it, and you once you got you know all the words and and you can really swim through the what the characters feeling. Now you can you can improvise. You can dance around the lines. You you can dance within the lines. You can do the exact lines and still you know come up with something new. So it was really about uh, about connecting and studying. And what's great about working on a show like this and, and as the lead is that you get that opportunity to, to find the lines, like you said, to be able to play with them. But you also have a lot of experience in stepping into other projects and having to figure that out on the fly very quickly. And so with what we do as The Shadows as an example, where there's a lot of playfulness there as well and a lot of space to try different things, how do you kind of walk onto a set on day one where everybody's kind of already found that rhythm and just look around you for those cues to figure out, okay, what's the game? How are we playing it? What are the different things that I can try? And still, you know, being on a set like that, also knowing that you've got that safety net and that trust with your collaborators. Well, it was something like uh, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> the cast that I ended up playing with, they were, they were all super playful and super like... Uh, you know, like if I throw out a deal, they would, you know, let's go with it. We we did a whole musical at lunchtime. <laughs> but uh so a specific thing from that show, I remember saying, uh, okay, whatever I say, I'm, I'm gonna say something. All you say is kill. Kill. Kill like like just answer kill. And so then they didn't know what I was gonna do. So I was like, uh, it was like action. I was like, what if it's a baby vampire? Kill. Was an old lady vampire killed? Like, so you get the sense that this has been going on for a long time. It was so stupid, but it was. Uh, it is about being in a comfortable place, you know, where, uh, and and you know, where you're not scared to take risk, and you, you know, you want to take risk, and you want to, and you can see the funny. Uh, so that, so that in that situation for shadows, yeah, walked in. There was some familiarity there with the director and stuff, but um. To walk in and just uh, just be a part, but this is like killing it. There's you know there there, there is a lot of uh, okay, Craig. How do you how do you see it? What do you want? And then we're we're, we're dancing the, the directors. We okay. This is what I see. This is what you see. Boom. Okay, that was it. Let's try it this way. Boom. Let's go back to your way. Da da da. So uh, we get in there. Yeah. I also love, uh, it sounds like while you were filming Killing It, that you were still, you know, doing a lot of your other ventures, doing music, doing stand-up and, and doing comedy in different ways. And do you find that it all just really feeds into each other and enhances each other because it's all about just stretching those muscles and stretching those tools that you have? I mean, they're, they're very different muscles. You, what I did find was, because uh, I was going around, as we were filming Killing It, I would go around uh, New Orleans and, and do uh, a comedy and, and you know, I was getting to know the community. So it's almost two different lives you're living at once. Cause it, going on the road doing stand-up, that's a whole nother life than, you know, set call and all of this. But I was doing both and uh and I, yeah, I guess they do kind of fuel each other for sure. For absolutely sure. But um it's still two different paths. It's it's it's, it's, it's I should be sleep, but I was on stage. What are you doing? You've got to get up in the morning. And you, you've mentioned that working on Killing It was maybe one of the hardest jobs that you've ever had, but also one of the most fulfilling and things that you're proudest of. And so what were the things that you found really challenging in making the show and, and finding this character, but also that gave you a lot of satisfaction at the end of the day? Hurricane scenes. <laughs> Legit, gigantic fans. The water 
and it was freezing outside and and they and you know the fans are super loud and so you have to you know act over that and yell over that so and I'm like what's the line and it's and you can't hear them say action and all it was so bad and then uh and then they gotta you know try to drag you off as much best they can in between takes <laughs> it was so bad or well, we had you know dealing with animals from snakes to pig to dog we had a uh, COVID was a, a factor at some point. Um, there was a real hurricane that came through, and so it had to shut down production. So it was a, it was a lot of different different challenges, and, but it was fulfilling because we we did get it done, and we did you know perform to our to our, the best of our ability. We were having fun. We were uh, rehearsing. We were. We were going there uh, emotionally. It was, uh, we were flying. Yeah. And obviously you've been on so many sets and had the opportunity to watch and learn from how a lot of different performers and actors are as number one on the call sheet because it's not just about the performance, it's about the space that you're kind of taking as a leadership position, the space that you're creating for your castmates, for the rest of the crew. What was really important to you in terms of the dynamic that you wanted to try and help create on set and killing it? I'm always, uh, you know, beyond time, be nice, be respectful. It was, it's, it's pretty much that simple, you know. Uh, rehearse, always available for rehearsal if you can, or, or who, who. And you're right. I've seen, like, I've seen from like, and I'm always taking notes, you know, from Bernie Mac to Larry David to Steve Carell. You see, you see the, the people at the top. You, you and you know, we have a joyous set. Uh, because of it, I remember uh, <laughs> Rob. We did hot tub time machine. And Rob would call me King of the Set because <laughs> I'm just you know nice speaking to everybody. I love that. Well, I really, really love the first few episodes of of the season and can't wait to watch the rest of the series. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much, Craig. Really You're appreciate welcome. it. It was a pleasure. <laughs>